of Ragnarok Now. Appreciate you listening in. Lots of things to talk about today and we're going to start with people flipping out about the acting IG for the Pandemic Response Accountability Committee being reassigned to other IG duties. Now you have to understand this person was appointed by Obama and he was not fired but he was reassigned and as far as I'm concerned, that's the president's prerogative. But everybody's freaking out because there's not going to be any independent oversight. And when I say everybody, I mean Democrats in general are freaking out because there's not going to be any quote-unquote independent review of the spending. Now, you have to understand that this committee has 19 other inspector generals assigned to it from various organizations within the government. So I don't understand their reasoning behind not having oversight when one individual was reassigned. Uh, the president has nominated a replacement, and it has to go to the Senate for confirmation. So again, this is just the media and the left trying to make it look like the president is like some all-powerful dictator that is just doing willy-nilly what he wants and fires anybody who doesn't agree with him. Well, you know, that's his prerogative as president, just like it's his prerogative as a business owner. So this whole, I'm in an uproar about one IG being reassigned uh, is, is asinine. And the fact that the left is freaking out about it just goes to show you that the Trump derangement syndrome is alive and well. Uh, I got into a discussion with a friend of mine on Facebook about this. And you can really tell what kind of zealots these folks are on the left. Uh, There's no reasoning with them. And they just... Uh, don't understand any alternative uh, discussion that, hey, maybe your opinion is correct and I'll take it under advisement. Uh, there's just no reasoning with these folks at all. So there's that going on uh, with this whole COVID-19 epidemic, quote unquote, and just slowing everybody down. What does that mean? Well, because the economy has slowed down, and people are out of work, and businesses are closing. The government, in its infinite wisdom, with the backing of the president, decided to pass a stimulus bill that would provide money, funds, etc., to those businesses and individuals that would need it. And it could potentially be used to bolster our economy before it crashes to the ground. You know, the majority of the income that 
the U.S. makes comes from small businesses. So to have a lot of these businesses closing, just in my area alone, you know, we had one restaurant slash distillery making hand sanitizer. Uh, eventually, that wasn't enough to keep them open. They've had to close. So this stimulus is out there to help them. Now, as typical with Congress and the government, uh, this stimulus bill has a lot of pork attached to it. Just over $12 billion from what I can find of pork. Now, when I say pork, it's totally unnecessary for what this stimulus bill is named for, the coronavirus response stimulus. Let's just kind of go over some of the some of the pork that's in there. First of all, it's almost $11 billion for international development. Now, what does that mean? Why are we spending money, which basically trade, providing foreign aid, those type of things? Uh, that just seems asinine to me. $93 million goes to Congress. $25 million of that is for the salaries and expenses. Now... I may be getting a $1,200 stimulus check that's supposed to last me, I guess, in a month. These folks are getting $25 million for salary and expenses. Now, I don't know where that salary comes from because they're already getting paid their salary. So why are they getting additional monies? There's something to think about there. $75 million for public broadcasting. I'm all for public broadcasting. And I think it's important that we have a, quote-unquote, free media. Unfortunately, this past several years, this media hasn't been necessarily free. If you listen to NPR, uh, you get a lot of left-leaning kind of commentary, um, which is sad. It should be unbiased, but, you know, it's art, so I guess it has to be... A left-wing thing. There's also $75 million for the National Foundation on the Arts and Humanities. How, what the hell has that got to do with COVID-19? Nothing. What? They're going to provide us some freaking entertainment? That's stupid. $75 million to the National Endowment for the Humanities. Again. For what? They're not doing anything to, you know, get come up with a vaccine or treatments or freaking PPE, personal protective equipment. I don't understand. $50 million for the Institute of Museum and Library Services. I guess so people can still check out books. Uh, I guess they need some entertainment. $25 million for the Kennedy Center for Performing Arts. They're not even doing anything. They're shut down. Why do they need $25 million? I don't understand. It's not like anybody's going there to watch, you know, a ballet or opera or whatever. Why do they need $25 million? $7.5 million for the Smithsonian Institution. Again, nobody's going there because we're all on lockdown. Why does the Smithsonian need $7.5 million to stay shut? This is a product of the Democrats, as I like to call them, that think that they can push through their agendas through uh, emergencies and catastrophes, you know, they always do it, adding all this crap to a bill. We've spent $12 million now. 
that was unnecessary. Now, where is that $12 billion going to come back from? Your taxes and mine. And you don't think that stimulus check that you're going to get is free, do you? Because it's not. It's going to be counted as income when you do your taxes next year. So it's totally asinine to me how these knuckleheads keep getting away with it. Somebody hang up the battle axe known as Nancy Pelosi. She's 80-some freaking years old. She's delusional. She's only been doing this job. She has no other experience. And I don't know where people thought that political experience is a good thing. What? So you're experienced that bullshitting and lying and that makes you a good candidate for Congress or oh he has political experience. Who cares? Obviously you can see by just what I described that political experience doesn't mean diddly shit. I mean it's stupid. These people have experience of putting pork and spending money that's not theirs and giving it to organizations that don't need it. And then they go back to their constituents and say, Well, look what I did for you guys. I got California in addition to whatever because I'm so good at what I do. Needs to be term limits. That's a totally different subject that I'll discuss probably in further podcasts. But there definitely needs to be term limits. These knuckleheads are making a career out of being a politician. And that was never the intent of our founding fathers. You saw George Washington, he did two terms and said, nope, this is not a career, I'm moving on. Let somebody else do it. These freaking knuckleheads need to do the same. So, he got that COVID-19 stimulus bill full of pork that we're going to end up paying for as taxpayers if we ever go back to work. I just watched <laughs> President Trump's uh, daily briefing on the pandemic and these these journalists are just nasty. I mean, the guy's telling everybody, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we're trying to do. Here's the things that we're looking into. And these journalists ask questions that, you know, are downright snarky or nasty. And they're continually blaming the president for the, this pandemic. When from everything I've read and seen, he's done everything he could and is continuing to do everything he can to get this situation rectified and get us back to whatever the new normal might be. But you didn't hear this in previous pandemics. I want to focus on H1N1, for example. Now, that was a pandemic. Uh, 61 million cases in the U.S., 274,000 plus hospitalizations for this pandemic that lasted uh, just, just over a year back in 2009-2010. Guess who was president back then? Obama. Guess who didn't declare a state of emergency until six months after this pandemic started? Obama. Guess what was tanking at the time that this pandemic came about? The stock market. Now, everybody's going to say uh, it, it tanked in October 2008 and the virus really didn't become an issue until 2009. And yes, it did make some gains. But you know, at its lowest point, it was at 6,000, the Dow Jones index. So uh, right now it's at 22,000. Our stock market tanked a little bit here 
with this COVID-19. It went from 25,000 to 22,000, but has since bounced back up. Yet the media continues to make this an issue that whatever Trump's doing is not helping the economy. It's not helping hospital workers and first responders. It's not helping the people because the people are suddenly all afraid. What are you doing when you talk to somebody who says they're afraid? You know, the guy has done everything he can to tell people to remain calm. We're taking care of these issues. We want to get back to normal as quickly as possible. We want to try all these other things. We, One reporter even said, uh, what did your administration mean when it said our medical supplies? The country's medical supplies. They, they're going to go to the states. It's not like the federal government's going to hoard them. But that was the... The insinuation that this reporter made was that Trump and the administration are hoarding these supplies and not giving them to the states. This is fear-mongering, folks. This is downright just being nasty. Trump derangement syndrome. Let's not get him reelected. You know, guess what? Bernie Sanders has dropped out, so now it's Biden and Trump in November. And they're even saying that Trump is considering instituting, I guess, martial law and putting a moratorium on, on the election in November until this thing's taken care of so he can stay president longer. Delusional. These people are just delusional and they are coming up and stretching for any little thing that can make this man look bad. Now, don't get me wrong. I think he's arrogant. I think he's brash, egotistical, but Everything he's done has always been for the good of the country and for the people of America. Americans first. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what the president should be doing. America and Americans come first. All others are secondary. Period. Whether it's our allies. And I can tell you right now, our allies are not our best buddies. They are looking out for themselves just as much as we are. China is not our friend. They are only concerned with themselves and spreading their ideology. And Alan West brought up a good point that this COVID-19 is probably a biological warfare attempt by China, which would make sense because, you know, China's biggest city, where all their elected officials, I'm sorry, not their elected officials, their leaders live, doesn't have a single case of COVID-19. But Washington, D.C. does. Many capitals across the world do. The economy is tanked. The world economy is hanging on by a thread. But yet China is suddenly open again and they're giving out medical supplies and, you know, they're open for business. And that should right there tell you there's something smelly, fishy, downright covert about how this all happened now i'm not a conspiracy theorist by nature but it just seems all the fingers are pointing at china suddenly how this virus which was pretty much limited to a couple of provinces in china spread throughout the world so quickly again trump is a xenophobic racist because he blames china <laughs> i just oh i don't even want to get back into this discussion it, it's it's too much for me. I, I can't take it.
So, going forward from here, where, where do we go? We can't stay locked down forever. It's just going to be an impossibility. If we do that, you might as well just invite communist ideology in because we're going to be in food lines, locked into our homes with curfews, with uh, brown shirts, Gestapo marching through the streets, making sure you stay in the house. Businesses are going to tank. They're not going to be able to recover. And we're going to be stuck back in probably like the 1930s after the Depression. So where do we go from here? Uh, well, how about this? CDC, WHO, World Health Organization, with your initial don't need masks, just social distance, when all those Southeast Asian countries... That's kind of a normal for them, wearing just cloth masks. I understand that you were probably afraid there'd be like some hoarding of, you know, N95 masks or paper masks or whatever. But you could have just said, hey, cover your face with a bandana, a cloth mask, whatever while you go out. Not virus related N95, but that's what healthcare workers, you just need to stop spitting your shit all over other people and a bandana over your mouth and nose would do that but no 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 we're just going to maintain social distancing and uh, that's enough that's all you need now they're saying cover your face well great thanks too much too late but thank you so my guess is in the future mask wearing will be normal kind of like it is in japan or korea if you don't feel good put a mask on you know, don't be spitting your snot and your friggin' spit and whatever nasty friggin' phlegm shit mucus coming out of you. Instead of putting that in the air, put it in your mask and then go home and wash it. That simple, folks. Let the businesses decide whether or not to open. You know, this whole crap about the government knows best and we're going to tell you to shut down and... and we're going to stop this spread because we know better than anybody else. You know how hard would it be for a business? And I see some of them, the essential ones, doing now. Okay, so I used to be able to allow 100 people in my business. I'm only going to allow 25 in at a time. And those 25, when you come in, you have to be masked. If you're not masked, you're not coming in. Simple as that. Let them decide what efforts they want to make. It comes down to individual responsibility. And people need to start taking responsibility. But the great thing in this country is that you can be an idiot and go outside. Not wear a mask. Spit your shit all over. You're going to watch Karma's a bitch and it's going to come back and haunt you. But the majority of people will follow these guidelines. They don't want to be stuck in their house locked down forever. They want to be able to go to a restaurant and eat. You know, if you go to a restaurant, say, okay, we can have family of four, sit at this table, six feet apart, don't talk to your neighbors, whatever. Let the businesses decide what needs to be done to keep people safe and to keep their business running. A good example would be like theaters. Why can't you sell, I don't know, every two seats. So you have two seats in between you and your neighbor. That's six feet of social distancing, right? And then, oh, just keep every other row empty. So you don't have to worry about the guy behind you. Simple things like that, that would maintain your social distancing, can be executed. 
If you don't want them eating or drinking, and say, hey, you got to wear a mask when you're in the, the theater. No pop or soda or popcorn or whatever. I don't think that would be necessary. But let the businesses decide and let people be individually responsible. A good example of that is, uh, let's talk about the First Amendment a little bit. So the First Amendment gives you the right to assemble, peacefully assemble. And it's a right. It's in the Constitution. It's the nation's law, right? So you have the right to peacefully assemble. So let's get down to the nitty-gritty of it. So you and I are probably cool with doing what we need to prevent the spread of whatever disease is currently in vogue. When did the need for public health circumvent the right of the people to assemble peacefully? Or, as it says in the First Amendment, uh, Congress shall make no law respecting or bridging the freedom of speech or the press or religion. Or the right of the people to peace, peacefully assemble, like we discussed. So, if you're a churchgoer, the First Amendment gives you the right to assemble at church peacefully, right? So you're doing it peacefully. And it also says that the government can't tell you what you can practice or can't practice. So here again, we're chipping away our constitutional rights for some perceived safety from this virus. I don't know. Sounds like socialism to me. And the more and the longer that we continue to do this, the harder it's going to be to go back to what we're normally used to. All right. Like I said, this is freedom is uh, this country is based on individual freedom. It's not based on collective freedom. Okay. It's on individual freedoms. So if you don't like something, you don't have to do it. Right. That's individual freedom. If you don't like going out in the crowds because you think out of that 100 people out there, one of them might have COVID-19, don't go in the crowd. You think that somebody at a concert's going to have COVID-19, don't go to the concert. Why deprive the other 1,000 people of the joy of attending a concert or a sporting event or whatever? Everybody's saying, well, we don't want to overwhelm the healthcare system, you know, because you have all these sick people, whatever. You know what the great thing about this country is, is we can adapt as things happen. That's what makes this country great. Okay, so our hospital is full. Guess what? We're going to put up a field hospital. Uh, and guess what? We're going to, just like we're doing now, we're going to call back members of the armed services who are retired and have them help out. Uh, we're going to call up the National Guard and have them help out. We can adapt. We do that well as a country. And as individuals, we do a great job of helping our neighbors out. So, you know, whether it's uh, ordering takeout from a local mom and pop restaurant so they can stay in business. We do that. Even if you, let's say, normally eat at home all the time, majority of people are saying, you know what? This time I'm going to order out from Mom and Pop Cafe and bring that in. And I want to support my local businesses and keep them open. So 
<laughs> to have the government tell you what's best for you is just asinine, communist tripe, socialist tripe. It doesn't belong in this country, and if we continue to allow it to happen, it's just going to perpetuate. Stay-at-home orders, like we were talking about, aren't sustainable. Medical professionals have been saying that yeah, this COVID-19 can remain asymptomatic for 14 days or so. So we've been locked down basically for 30 days. Shouldn't have those asymptomatic people have contracted the virus now? Showing symptoms? I mean, it's been more than 14 days. These medical professionals keep saying it's asymptomatic, stay at home for the next two weeks. And then I'm guessing that after that, you're, oh, well, I didn't show any symptoms. I'm fine. So 30 plus days, that's two two-week periods. People should have been showing symptoms right now, right? And if you don't after 14 days, you go out and wear a mask... Uh, so you don't contract this thing, what's the problem? Why are we still locked down at home? Economically, we can't sit around for the next six months hoping this thing has been figured out and life returns to normal somehow. We need to adapt as we always have after catastrophes. Uh, but it should be done at the will of the people, not at the government and its experts will. So keep that in mind, folks. This pandemic does not give the government carte blanche to do what it thinks is best for the masses. People should question their representatives. You, They work for you, okay? They're not leaders. I, I really hate that. They're our elected leaders. No, they're elected representatives. They represent you, the people. If you don't like something they're doing, or if you do like something they're doing, you have the right and the obligation to let them know. Don't think that they have all the answers. One person does not have all the answers. And to think that they do is very dangerous. Because now you buy into these Schumer, Pelosi, Adam Schiff kind of thought processes. Or even Trump thought processes. You have the right and obligation to question them. And you should hold them accountable. In the news, there was a couple pastors that were apparently fined or arrested for violating these stay-at-home orders. They held church services. Uh, I personally think they're unconstitutional edicts. And these pastors, or even the churchgoers, should sue all the way to the Supreme Court. Because guess what? The First Amendment allows you to do that. It says right in there, petition the government for redress of grievances, and hopefully the Supreme Court sides with them and says, yeah, that was unconstitutional. You cannot prevent or circumvent the Constitution. It is the law of the land. All laws are made off of that. Laws are not made in spite of that. They're made from that. So... If you have the right for freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom of religion, you should be able to exercise that right regardless of what the government says. This country is built on individual rights, not collective rights. And that's where people get confused because socialism about collectivism. What is best for the masses decided by one person. This country is based on 
what's best for the individual based on that individual. Not the government. So you really need to wake up and start deciding for yourself. Don't let these talking heads on TV, suffering Trump derangement syndrome anyway, from clouding, muddying your mind and preventing you from making your own decisions. I am tired of the parroting on Facebook or whatever. DA and the CDC, they all said you should stay at home and the government said you should stay at home and fuck the government, okay? They're just here to manage my tax money that I'm giving them, provide for the common security and the common ensuring that individual rights are being maintained and taken care of. That's my spiel on my inaugural Ragnarok Now podcast. I hope that has opened your mind and helped you to think for yourselves. You know, don't believe all the talking head naysayers. And this is a great country. We'll get through this whole issue, but we need to start thinking for ourselves and not thinking like the government wants us to think. And we should be allowed to do what we need to do to maintain our individual health, our individual security, while still being a productive society. I don't want to sound harsh or heartless, but people are going to die from this. 12,000 people died from H1N1. No one made a big stink about it. People are going to die from this. It's just, a, it's just a fact of life. Mother Nature has a way of thinning out the herd. And if it happens to be me, oh well, I guess it was my turn. I'm not an overly religious guy, but uh, I do believe God has a plan for everybody. And if his plan is to bring you to heaven early, then so be it. But we can't go around running scared and letting the government controls which reminds me there's a great book you should read while you're locked down called state of fear by michael Crichton. It goes into this whole thing about how the government controls the population and the public by keeping them in a constant state of fear it's a great read great book if you haven't read the the killing series killing lincoln Killing the SS uh, by Bill O'Reilly. It's, it's history, but reads like fiction, and you'll really enjoy those books as well. God bless you, God bless America, and God bless the world. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.